0: If you are subscribed to Libsyn as a media host, this episode is for you. I'm taking a deep dive into the Libsyn interface with Rob Walsh. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it. Oh, so appreciate it. If you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, you can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com/slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. <laughs> Well, it is great to have Rob Walsh on the show again. Rob, how are you doing today? Doing great, Carrie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was uh, quite a a treat to see you honored at Podcast Movement this last month. In case you don't know, Rob was inducted into the Podcast Hall of Fame. How does that feel to be so famous, Rob? Feels pretty darn good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It does. It feels
0: good. I'm very appreciative. You've definitely done a lot of work in the podcasting uh, niche and have, have deserved every bit of it. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, what Rob and I are going to do is a little different from what I normally do on the show. I usually i am just trying to bring new things to your attention as a podcaster. But today, I want to go specifically into the Libsyn interface, because as I have worked with clients, and about 90% of my clients use Libsyn, I am just noticing over and over and over how many of my clients do not see or do not even know about all the features and functions that are inside Libsyn that could make their lives so much easier and their podcasts much more effective. So Rob has agreed to walk through parts of the Libsyn interface with me, the ones that seem the most relevant to me, and to help me understand what some of these features are and how they can be used. And uh, maybe you'll learn something here that can help you get your podcast out. So Rob, are you ready to dive in? Ready. All right. Now, I have got my Libsyn interface up. If you have a Libsyn account, you can do that just by logging in. And I have clicked on the content add new episode option because that's what I think most of us are probably most familiar with. Now, if you notice under the content thing, you can also do a lot of other things like add a new text post and add a file for download only. So, Rob, a new text post, what is that about? I thought this was for podcasting. Well, Libsyn is also a blogging platform. So,
1: if you go to podcast411.com, for example, you will see I do a mix of podcast episodes and blog posts. So I've actually converted Podcast 411 to be completely on the Lipson backend blogging platform. And I moved that site over. And that's one of the things that allowed me to actually relaunch Podcast 411 because my old site was CSS and HTML and just to add a new post was a nightmare. And I used to have WordPress for it and got hacked and it was just a security nightmare. So long story short, you with Libsyn, you do have the option to do blog posts, and those blog posts can go to the website with us. Plus, if you have the smartphone apps with us, they'll go to the smartphone app. So our smartphone apps support audio, video, PDFs, and blog posts.
0: Wow, now that is pretty cool. I think that alone is something most podcasters don't recognize. You know, most people want to set up a WordPress site or a Squarespace site or whatever, and there's there's nothing wrong with those. I think they're great platforms, and and it's actually what I've done. But I've become aware of this option on Libsyn just recently, and I'm thinking about this for my next project because it seems to me if you can do everything in one place, that's kind of a no-brainer. Is that kind of what's the mindset behind this?
1: Yeah, and we have a lot of podcasters, myself included, that started podcasting not to support a website but to be the podcast. I mean, so the website is to support the podcast. The podcast isn't to support the website. And if that's where you are, you're a podcaster first. You don't need a WordPress site. You don't need a Squarespace site. You don't need a Wix site or a Ning site. You can just use the site from Libsyn. And the reality is most people never go to your website. I mean, I listen to Hardcore History and Revolutions. I've listened to every episode and Common Sense. I can't remember ever going to the website. So that said, we have a site for you. And Libsyn's got that there and makes it easy for you. One place, one turnkey solution.
0: Yeah. And that sounds really, really smart to me. Now, let me ask you some questions about that. How does the Libsyn interface work in comparison to WordPress in terms of like SEO and things like that? It just works the same way. If you write your post with SEO in mind and good keywords and good practices, it's just as findable, so to speak, as a WordPress site? Absolutely. And probably more so because you're going to get some Libsyn juice behind it. And what do you mean
1: by Libsyn juice? Look at Libsyn Alexa rankings and, and other rankings. So, Libsyn.com, you get pretty good rankings. Now, you can even bring in your own domain. So, if you don't want it to be, you know, podcast411.libsyn.com, it could be podcast411.com. Or I have another site called Casey Startup411.com. And if you go to KC Startup411.com, you'll see I've brought the domain in. So, you can bring your own domain. That's another thing people don't realize. With Libsyn, you have the ability to bring in your own domain name. Wow.
0: And that's, I'm assuming, a pretty simple process.
1: Yes. By the way, if you have any questions on any of this today, feel free to email me, Rob, R O B, as in Robert, at
0: Libson, that's L I B S Y N dot com. Yeah. And we'll be sure to include that in the show notes for this episode as well. All right. Well, continuing on, that's under the content. There's the add new episode, add new text post, and add file for download only. Now, tell me what that file for download only thing is meant to be for and why there's bad advice out there about that. That's meant for
1: whenever you don't want content to go out to the world and you don't want part of your RSS feed and you're trying to restrict or limit where that file goes. So you could upload a file and publish it as bonus content and maybe put a link to it in a show notes or something. But it's not something you want in your RSS feed. And unfortunately, there's a few tutorials out there that recommend do download only. And and I always say this, if you see a tutorial that says use Libsyn and it says use download only, run away, run away, they're giving you bad advice. Because <laughs> there's so many tools, and we'll get into some of those on on why that's bad advice here, and, and why you're not taking advantage of all the lips and publishing tools and the power of those publishing tools, which include Spotify and we just announced last week, iHeartRadio, and, and some others. Plus, we we'll, I, I want to talk a little bit about destination stats and, and why download only will hurt you there as
0: well. Yeah. Okay. I'm eager to get into those things. So that's for like bonus resources you might want to provide where you're going to provide a link, that sort of thing. That makes total sense. Okay. And then under that content thing as well, I think most people are probably familiar with this. There's options to go to previously published things, scheduled for release things and drafts, and then a file manager and all that. So I don't really think we need to get into all those. Let's let's go into the new content window. And the add media file button is probably one of the most familiar things to people. You click on that, you're able to upload from your hard drive, you can upload from FTP, you can copy from a URL, or you can use Dropbox integration, which is what I use most of the time, which is quite a time saver, it uploads a lot faster going that way. And a lot of people do that that
1: have a VA. So they don't have to give their VA access to their account. They give them access to their Dropbox account. So the VA uploads it to the Dropbox or, you know, if you're hiring someone to do your editing, you don't have to let them into your Libsyn account. You just give them that ability
0: to do the editing and then upload. So we see that quite a bit with VAs. And so there's a little green bar right underneath that that says episode level bonus content. And to be honest with you, it was only about two weeks ago I started poking around in this. I I actually just didn't notice it. It just kind of blended into the page for me. And then when I clicked on it, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. What is all this? So let's walk through that for a second, Rob. The things I see under there is there's an episode background field. Why don't you fill us in on what that is? If you
1: have the smartphone app, so if you have a smartphone app with us, this is where you can add in bonus content. So for each episode you post and publish with Libsyn into your smartphone app, you can have a different background image for that episode. You can have a wallpaper image. I'll give examples of how I I use this. In Today in iOS, every episode of Today in iOS, which is one of my podcasts, the listeners create the artwork for that episode. So I upload the episode artwork for that episode as my wallpaper image. Then there's a PDF document. In some episodes, I will have a PDF where I'm talking about charts or graphs. I do this every quarter when Apple releases the quarterly conference calls. I have some charts I put together. I upload that as bonus PDFs. Some people uh, use bonus PDFs as a way to get together a, a grouping of photos. So maybe they have 15, 20 photos they took at an event. They'll create a PDF out of them and then upload them as PDF as bonus content. And then there's a bonus media file, which can be an extra audio or video file. In my case on Today in iOS... Each episode, I also have user generated music for that episode. So a, a song that a listener created on an iOS device. And I put that as the bonus media file so that they can go in and listen to that song in its entirety, not just as at the end of the episode. So those are ways I use it. Um, Elsie and I for the feed or on podcast 411, we all have, I have apps and for all of those, we'll sometimes do some video or, or um, other bonus content that we'll put in there for those episodes and and we tell people hey you want to get this go get our app that's the only place you're going to find the bonus content
0: from what you just said there i'm assuming that these things are only accessible through the app Unless you take the URL to the uploaded thing and include that on a web page or something like that.
1: Right. And if you're also using the Libsyn publishing system for the blog page, as I mentioned, if you go to you know, podcast one one you see the publishing on, on the Libsyn platform, it'll also put links to the bonus content below there as well. So below the post, there'll be some links to it. So it'll also show up
0: on the web page. Got it. Now, as we're talking about the web page, let me ask you this. I know that a lot of podcasters do have, for example, a WordPress site, or Squarespace or something like that. And when they get down here to the the further section, the next section, let's just look at that. It's the details section. This is where you put in your title, your subtitle, your description, all those things. Uh, many of my clients, for instance, want me to fill in all this information on Libsyn. But then they want the exact same content on their website as their blog post for that episode. My My thought immediately, as I think about that is a duplicate Content sort of a penalty, uh, is that something to be concerned about, or is that something that is really a non-issue? It's
1: a it's a non-issue because if you're not using the Lipson web page, you can just delete it. Okay, so in the destinations tab, I'm assuming if you don't use the and blog page, you don't promote the and blog page. Under destinations, you can always just delete the web page, and there won't be a, a duplicate content penalty and. Reality is, I've talked to some SEO folks, and they're like, "You really don't get penalized for having your content in two sites." It's like if you have many sites, is where you get punished for it. Got it. There's arguments on that because our app, you know, Google doesn't really release the exact algorithm, but it depends on who you talk to. But I, that said, if you are super paranoid about being penalized, you can always delete the Lipson web page that you get. It's you know, it's not you're not forced to use it.
0: Yeah, okay, that
1: makes sense. And on top of it, if you want to save some work. You can also set up the Libsyn system to publish to your WordPress site. So we have on publish to WordPress. So that's an option
0: where you do everything in Libsyn and then it publishes to WordPress for you. And that is a a destination. Correct. Okay. And we're going to get into the destinations here in a minute if you're not familiar with that terminology. So just hang on and we'll get into what that is. So let me ask you another question about this details screen. If a person is using Libsyn's feed and has submitted that to iTunes for where iTunes gets their information, my assumption is that the details here in this section are what populate your iTunes feed. Correct, for the episode
1: level. Okay, or on the episode It's level. called in, in technically the item level, okay. which is what, it, what Apple calls, uh, or what the RSS specs are for an episode is item level. There's channel level, which is the sh- upper level items, and then there's episode level, which are the
0: item levels. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So if you put any live links in here, if you put any images, if you put any resources or things like that, they will pull into the different podcasting apps, such as Pocket Casts or the iPhone app, so that people can slide to the show notes and it will give them that live link. Is that correct?
1: Correct. And what I always recommend you do is if you have a call-in number or an email address that you want people to give you feedback... Make those the first two things at the top of your description because in the podcast app, when you go to the notes, a phone number and an email address will be hot linkable. So someone on the podcast app on their iOS device can call you right from the show notes. They can email you right from the show notes. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, if you want an example, again, just look at Today in iOS, You know, search for Today in iOS and subscribe to it on your iOS device and then go to the show notes for that episode. You'll see those items at the top makes it easy to get feedback.
0: Yeah, that's a great thing to know. I've long been telling people to also mention on your episodes that you can contact me through the show notes right there on your smart device. I mean, make people aware that there are show notes there and they can use that as a contact thing. Instead of saying, go to the show notes page, it's right there on their phone. They can go ahead and use that. So thanks for that tip. Now, let me ask you one other thing about this description Area. If someone is not using the Libsyn feed, say they're using PowerPress or, God forbid, FeedBurner to set up their feed, um, these this detail section, I'm assuming, is kind of useless for them. Is that right? Yeah, I'll just say this. If you're hosting on Libsyn, do not use your WordPress feed.
1: I'll just put it out there. It's a mistake. It's the number one cause of issues in, in iTunes support forums. And you don't have to take my word for it. Go into iTunes, look at the top 200 shows in iTunes. You will not see shows using the WordPress feed. If you look at Joe Rogan or Mark Marin or The Nerdist or Welcome to the Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, all of the NFL network shows, what you're going to find is they're using their Libsyn feed. The Libsyn feed is much, much, much more reliable than a WordPress feed. WordPress feeds will break and will break randomly when you start adding in third-party plugins. So if you're on WordPress, the whole reason you're using a WordPress site is for the plugins, but the plugins will break your feed. As such, you really don't have ownership and control of your feed in that scenario. Do yourself a favor. Do not use a WordPress feed, and it's easy to switch over. Go to the Libsyn feed. It's much more reliable, and you have full control and ownership of your feed with Libsyn. No one has ever lost an audience member that's used a Libsyn feed.
0: Okay, let me just ask you real quick, if someone wants to make that switch to their Libsyn feed from some other feed, where's the place on the website they would need to do that?
1: They can email me and I'll send them a quick and easy tutorial, but eventually it involves, we do a feed sync to your current feed, that'll bring all the metadata over and match it up to the media files, and then you do a 301 redirect, you put in a plugin called redirects, and then you put a redirect from your old feed to the new feed. It's a really simple process. Again, email me, and I will send you a tutorial on that. We'll get into other reasons why here when we talk about destinations, why there's other bad reasons not to use WordPress. And one of the other things is if your show becomes popular, the bandwidth usage on your website can be more than the media files themselves. And we've seen people have their website shut down because of, quote, CPU usage or bandwidth issues. Just from their RSS feed. So it slows your site down, it makes your site less reliable, and your feed is less reliable. There's so many reasons not to use WordPress for your feed.
0: Now, let me ask you another question here I just thought of. It's kind of back to the episode level bonus content. I'm assuming, and I, I think this is a fair assumption, that anything you upload in that area goes against your storage quota with Libsyn. Is that correct? Correct.
1: Yes, anything you upload is going to go towards your monthly storage
0: upload. Yeah, that's just a that's just a four year information thing. I just wanted people to be aware of that. Okay, underneath the description, there's an area for thumbnail. I'm assuming this is an episode relevant thumbnail. Correct. So if you have episode specific artwork, you want to upload it here. You want
1: that episode artwork for the RSS feed to match the iTunes specs as you would for your show level artwork. And that means 1,400 by 1,400 pixels as a minimum, 3,000 by 3,000 as a maximum, JPEG or PNG, RGB color, and less than 500 kilobytes. You can also, if you're using the and blog page, have an additional. So there's an option that says use thumbnail set above or use different thumbnail for blog. So you can actually have two thumbnails go up. One that you use for the blog page, and then the different one that goes into the RSS feed. So if you actually use a different thumbnail for um, blog, what will happen is the thumbnail, the original thumbnail that you upload up top will be the one that goes in the RSS feed, and then the one when you click Use Different Thumbnail for Blog Custom, There'll be another box. If you click that, you'll see there's another box that will pop below, and that's one you can use for the blog page. So you might want to have a different size artwork. 1,400 by 1,400 doesn't look so good on a blog page, but you might want it to be, look a little different anyway. It might be a picture of you and the guest or something else.
0: Yeah, so that's the equivalent of a featured image on a WordPress site or something like Correct. that for the, for the particular post. Okay, right. so that makes sense. That's that's good to know. And and I can see how that's a specific feature that goes along with using the WordPress site. Okay, so down below, the next one is the category. I'm assuming that also has to do more with using a WordPress site than it does actually the, the feed itself. The category isn't so much about the feed. It's about
1: internal Libsyn items. So it's not really WordPress. It's, it's really about Libsyn. So if you have the smartphone app with us, you can have different category sections. So if you go into to look at the Today in iOS podcast, you will see all the way on the left menu, there's the episodes and then there's categories. So you can have people look at, for example, on Today in iOS, I have unboxing videos. And one of the categories I just set up for Podcast 411 is not only have I been in, inducted into Hall of Fame, but everybody that has ever been inducted into the, the podcast or Hall of Fame has been a guest on Podcast 411. Just... Happened to work out that way. So I created a category for Hall of Fame. So I went and found all the interviews I've ever done with anyone in the Hall of Fame and put them in that category. And then Libson now has a category playlist player. So if you go to podcast411.com and you look at the most recent post as of today, July 13th, you will see a post I put together. And at the bottom of that post, the top of it says uh My Thoughts on Podcast Movement 2016 at the bottom. There's a playlist player that has all the interviews for the category for Hall of Fame. So this is a way for you to have a category player that you can make on just certain subject matters that can then be embeddable and shareable.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I like that.
1: And then I had never done that and set that up before. So that was something I set up last night when I was creating that post. And it was really cool. It was neat. It's like, oh, I had heard we had that feature had never used that feature <laughs> so i got to use it and set up the player and just a little bit custom change the color scheme a little bit for my category player so it had red play buttons whereas my regular episode ones are green but in, in any case it's kind of cool i liked it and it's just a nice way to highlight something for a grouping of shows that you have done in the past on your you know in, in my case uh, it happens to be all the people that have been in the hall of fame
0: yeah that's really cool i love that all right, the next little field is tags and keywords. And you have a little note under there that says iTunes no longer recognizes episode tags and keywords. So explain to me why we might need this. While iTunes doesn't
1: recognize tags and keywords, because really all iTunes looks at is your title and your author tag, um, other services do. So there are other third party aggregator apps that do look at your tags and keywords. So it doesn't hurt to put them in. Just understand the big 800 pound gorilla in the room, iTunes doesn't care if you put them in.
0: Yeah. I I think that's something worth talking about though, because, you know, we, we often get so fixated on iTunes because it is the 800 pound gorilla that we forget all these smaller ones could be where our audience is hanging out. It's kind of hard to know. And so just like you might want to chase a long tail keyword for SEO purposes, you may also want to chase some tags and keywords in those other directories that aren't iTunes just to reach out to a potential niche in your audience that, that is there.
1: Right. And this year so far, direct downloads to iTunes and the podcast app are right around 60%, roughly a little bit higher, maybe. But to third-party aggregator apps, that includes Overcast, uh, Shift Jelly Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, and, and others, that's 15%. Wow. It's growing. It, you know, It used to be like five, and now it's up to 15 this year. Yeah. So third-party aggregator apps are definitely growing. Um, so it does not hurt to put keywords in there.
0: That makes sense yeah comma separated for sure okay the next field is permalink points to and the options there are your show's blog page the master media file URL or a custom URL so explain to me what those options mean I recommend you you go with the media
1: file URL you know, there's some directories out there like podcast.com and some others that will pull your RSS feed and and put up a, a web page for your show in their directory and they're usually a link And that link for that episode would be your permalink. And if you want it, it can be to your show blog page, especially if you're using the and blog tools. I personally just like to send people to the media file. The whole reason I'm doing the podcast is to get people to listen to it. So any place I can put a link to the media file is what I do. There can be a custom one. The thing to remember is each permalink has to be unique. Your permalink can't be to acmecrowbar.com. For every episode, it has to be a different link for the permalink. We'll often see people that will put their main web page URL as the custom one, and it's not custom. It's the same across the board, and that will cause errors. So don't use the custom one if you don't know what you're doing. If you do know what you're doing, just make sure it's unique. And that's why I choose the media file, because I know for sure it'll be unique.
0: And I like your point of, you know, the whole point is for people to listen, so why not make it easy? That totally makes sense. Okay, the next little tick box says enable comments. I'm assuming that has to do with the blog page. Correct. And then underneath that is the iTunes style rating. It's got not set explicit and clean. So that's basically the content rating. Correct. And remember this. iTunes,
1: you can have up to 301 episodes showing in iTunes. If one of the 301 episodes, if just one of them is labeled explicit, your entire show is removed from the India iTunes store and a bunch of other stores even just one, even if your show overall is labeled clean and you have one guest come along and drop one F-bomb so you label it explicit, your whole show will be removed from iTunes. Now, I'm not saying don't label it explicit if it is explicit because if you drop an F-bomb and you don't label it explicit and a mom from Iowa complains, you'll be removed from every iTunes store. What I am saying is if you have a guest come on and he drops an F-bomb, edit it out. If that's your only episode that's ever going to be explicit, Take the time, edit it out. Otherwise, you're missing out on a potential audience of a billion and a half people overall. Be careful what you do. Some people think, oh, I only label this one episode explicit. It's no big deal. It's actually a
0: pretty big deal. Yeah, that does sound like a big deal, especially when, you know, the world is getting smaller all the time. We can reach different parts of the world that we never could before. That's a good point to know. So if someone wants their podcast and and just, you know, it's part of their shtick that, they're, that they are explicit – they really need to count the cost on that and realize there are huge sections of the global population that they're going to cut out in terms of accessibility to their podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if every one of your episodes you're dropping F-bomb and your audience is 20-somethings, Yeah, that's fine. Go and do that. But if you have an interview show, and I've seen people do this, they'll have an interview show and they have one or two episodes labeled explicitly because they had a guest that dropped an F-bomb. I'm like, why don't you edit? Well, I don't edit. I believe in hitting record and and, and publish. Well, first off, that's why your show isn't growing. Take some time to edit. And second, you've just now removed a potential audience of a,
0: a billion and a half people. So editing's your friend. Use it wisely. Amen. I can't say enough about that. I do that for a living. So uh, (laughs) you're preaching to the choir on that one. All right, let's move on down to the schedule and release slash expiration section. There's actually a section here that you didn't mention that
1: you might not see if you don't have it set up. And that's called social destination custom text. Yeah, I don't see that. If you set up your system to on publish to Facebook, to Twitter, or to LinkedIn, you will get a, a text box that allows you to enter a custom tweet, a custom Facebook status, and a custom LinkedIn status. For example, when I release a new episode for my show, I usually release at 2 or 3 in the morning. But I'll put in custom message for Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and then schedule those releases to go at 12 in the afternoon Eastern Time. But this is where you would put in those custom messages. So it's really important, and this is one of the most powerful features that people don't know about in in Libsyn is the ability to publish to Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And it's not just a convenience factor. We just rolled out at the end of June what's called destination stats. So now you can actually see how many plays you got at Facebook, how many plays you got at Twitter, how many plays you got at LinkedIn for that episode. Not user agent information, actual plays from Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So no longer are you guessing was Safari, Firefox, Mozilla, what percentage of them were Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Now you know your actual engagement, which, by the way, I've been beta testing that since January, and it was very disheartening to me because I had spent so much time and effort promoting in LinkedIn, which is where I thought my audience would be, only to find on my most recent post, for example, I had a about... 20 to one ratio of Facebook plays to LinkedIn plays. Yeah, it was really drastic. So it at least tells you where your audience is actually consuming your content. And that's great if you want to do a promoted post or something and see how well it worked for you. Not just do you get the custom messages, but now you get destination stats. So if you haven't, which you haven't set up on publish to Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, I highly recommend you do that because it gets you a level of stats. You can't get anywhere
0: else. Yeah. That sounds really great. And I love also the feature that you can schedule those out at different times. And I'm assuming even different days. Right. Yeah. So that takes advantage of one of those social media principles I've been reading about is not publishing the same content all at once because your audience, you know, know, they may be on social media all at once, but they're not going to listen to the same thing four times on four different platforms. You want to you want space it out so that if they see it on one, then maybe they'll see it tomorrow on another and say, oh yeah, I was going to listen to that. And then boom, you get the listen. Whereas before, they all came out at the same time and they missed one of them. And, and not only that, pick the right time. I mean, it makes a
1: lot of sense to release your episode at two in the morning. So when people have it there, when they get ready for their commute, it doesn't make a lot of sense to send a tweet out at two in the morning or a Facebook status update at two in the morning. 12 Eastern time, if the majority of your audience is the U.S., is the best time because that's when people take a break at lunch on the East Coast and people are getting into work on the West Coast. Yeah, so say that again, 12 p.m. Eastern? 12 p.m. Eastern, noon Eastern. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my time zone, I left my Libsyn time zone set for Eastern time because by default, the time is 12 p.m. Is, is that when you pick a date, it defaults 12 p.m. So I just left my time zone set to Eastern. So by default, it'll go to 12 p.m. when I pick those destinations.
0: Yeah. And of course, we're talking American terms here. If your main audience is in Australia, you want to calculate for that and figure out when's the best time to publish for your audience in Australia. And check your publishing tools. If you
1: go into your publishing tools in Libsyn, in in upper right-hand side, and right next to your username, there's a little box. If you go all the way back up and you click that box, you'll see one of the things says, edit my account. And if you click edit my account, that's where you change your time zone. And the time that you publish An episode is based on the time zone you set by default. It is Eastern time because that's where our developers are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But you can change it to any time zone you want. So I've always just left it as Eastern for me because it made sense to have it publish at noon by default. And again, it'll be noon wherever you are. So if you're in Australia and you change your time zone to Australian time zone, it'll be noon. It'll say 12 p.m. and that's 12
0: p.m. your local time zone. Yeah. Or whatever time zone you've set up there in your publisher tool. Yeah. Okay, great. That's a good tip to know. All right. On the schedule and release expiration, it's defaults to none, but you have the option there, which I use all the time to set a release date. You can do that easily. There's all these buttons and dropdowns where you can do that. There's also an expiration date. My belief about that is that that would be for like limited availability content that you're wanting to use as a promotion of some sort. There's two
1: key reasons we see people using that. We have some professional clients they only have rights to the music or some content for a limited period of time. So, for example, we had Nike and Adobe and and other big clients, and they'll release an episode and they've got some rights to music or something in there, and they they only have it until the end of the year or a certain period of time, so they want to expire that episode when they lose the rights to some content they had in there. The other more common reason for the expiration is people plan to make that content available for sale after a certain period of time. So they make episodes available for X number of days or months, whatever it is, a period of time, then the episode comes down off their feed and then eventually they make that episode available for resale directly or part of a subscription model or something like that.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And then there's also an advanced tab at the top and I just got into this this morning, just poking around a little bit. And what it looks like for those of you who aren't looking, it shows you all of your destinations, which we're going to get into, that you've set up. So in this instance, there's Android app, iPhone, iPad app, Libsyn Classic Feed, Podcast Source Network app, Spotify, Webpage, and Wizard Player. So my assumption is, Rob, if you set up other destinations, those would show in here as well. Correct. And then you can set for each of those, the release date and the expiration date that we just talked about. So walk me through that. It's not like saying, okay, we're going to release it on July 22nd. You can say,
1: I'm going to release it on July 22nd at 12.06 p.m. or 8.34 a.m. Whatever day into the future or past, by the way. So you can release an episode that goes into the past because, hey, maybe I forgot I had something wrong or I lost this episode or whatever it was, and you want it to go into the past. Again, to any
0: day or time in the future or past. And then underneath that section is one called Advanced Options. It has extra tags and TV style ratings. So walk us through that.
1: Extra tags, sometimes you need to have a custom tag. You've got an agreement. There's an app or something. Maybe you have your own custom app and you want to have some extra tags in there. This allows you to do that. The TV style ratings is a legacy thing that was left over for an arrangement we had with a couple of different third-party vendors to get, video content out to their site. Most people don't use it. Most people are just doing audio, but it's there for a couple of legacy clients that we have in third-party agreements.
0: Okay, so for most of us, if we don't know what that is, just leave it
1: alone. Yeah, well, it won't hurt you, and won't help you. But the extra tags, don't put anything in there if you don't know specifically what you're doing. But again, we have some people that have their own custom apps made and they need a custom RSS tag for the episode level. So one of the things you know we like to say is, we give you full control of your feed. That includes extra tags, being able to put those in at the item level, the episode level, and then also at the channel level.
0: So you can do that as well at the show level. And then below, I know this is a relatively new feature. It says update ID3 tags and there's a little tick box and it enables you to update your MP3 file with a thumbnail and tags. And it says additional details on working with ID3 tags can be found here, has a link. So this is to update your actual... MP3 file with the tags and things that you've created here in the Libsyn interface. Correct. A matter of fact, we, we could have mentioned it, um, we get you coming or
1: going on the ID3 tags. Back up to the top where you click add new episode and add media file, there was a little checkbox at the top that said import the information from the ID3 tags. So let's say you had put in your title and description in the ID3 tags or had your artwork in there. You could actually import that in. Now, let's say you're, you didn't do ID3 tags. Well, when you're publishing, you can now have that information put into your ID3 tags. So we support pulling from your ID3 tags or adding to your ID3 tags.
0: That's really a time saver. So let me clarify on the one where you're adding the media file. There's a tick box that says populate form with ID3 data. That means data from your actual MP3 file that you've already added there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great feature. I didn't even notice that was there. All right, so we've we've worked our way through the content page. Let's move over to the destinations page. That is up at the top, uh, set, or third from the from the left. It says "Add New" or "Edit and View Existing." So I'm going to go to "Add New" just so we can look at the actual interface and get an idea of of what all is there. Mine shows a section for apps, a section for external, and a section for social. So, Rob, walk us through the options here. What's possible with this section?
1: The apps one will, depending on the account level, if you're in advanced 400 plan or greater, you have the option if you would like to get an iOS app and an Android app and a Windows Phone 8 app created just for your show, custom app for your show. If you go in the iTunes App Store, search for TII, you'll find the one that's, that's done for today, iOS. It's also the one that Mark Marin uses for WTF with Mark Maron and a whole bunch of other people, Aisha Tyler, many use the app that we create for them. So this is your option to do that. It's an additional $10 a month and a one-time setup fee of $50 to have an app. That's it. One-time setup fee, $50, and then a $10 a month adder to your account. Again, if you're in advance of 400 or greater account. You do have to pay Apple a $99 a year fee for a developer license, and there's a one-time $25 fee for Google Play Store. We'll also put it in the Amazon App Store in our account for you, and we'll put it in our account for Windows Phone. I can't... Recommend highly enough. It is so important because there are what? 100 million people roughly that download podcasts each month, depending on who, which survey you believe. Maybe 110, 120, maybe even 150 million people. Each month there are over 1.5 billion people that download apps. A lot of people out there still don't know what a podcast is. They know what a free app is and they Find your content. They might be looking for a, the specific niche you're covering. Maybe you have a cigar podcast and they're looking for information on cigars. Maybe you have a podcast like I have for podcast 411 where I went two and a half years without releasing an episode, but every month had 50 to 100 downloads of the app. I wasn't promoting it. People were just in iTunes searching for an app or in a Google Play Store searching for an app on how to podcast and were coming across my app and downloading it and discovering my show via the app. Wow. And getting your app on someone's home screen
0: is so powerful, so, so powerful. Such a great way to build connection and community i can I can see that. yeah you know, Mark Marin, for example, over
1: a quarter of a million people, individual accounts downloaded that app and they downloaded it millions of times. but a quarter of a million unique user accounts downloaded the WTF app. you know so people really do. Like to have that app available for, for your show. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. So next up is external and you'll see two things in there. Google play music and iHeartRadio. Google play music. We create a special Google play music feed. I can't stress this enough. Do not, do not use the same RSS feed for Google play music that you use for iTunes. Today at this point in time, Google play music and Apple are kind of married on what the categories are. Um, they're not exactly the same. Google Play has just the top-level categories versus the Apple having the lower ones. But at some point in the future, you can see a divorce coming between Apple and Google on the categories. <laughs> right? And now you have to pick which parent you're going to go live with this weekend. Or you can use one feed for iTunes and then the specific Google Play Music feed with the specific Google Play Music tags for Google. And when Google or Apple changes their categories in the future... You don't have to pick who you're going to support. You have that support built in. iHeartRadio, that was announced last week. Now you can get your show into iHeartRadio. Now, if you've only been with Libsyn less than two months, you won't see it available. Our agreement with iHeartRadio was that we only make that destination available for shows that are two months or older. But once you fill it out, your show will get into iHeart. They're saying right now about a week to get in. It's not an approval hustle. It's just a process for them getting it submitted in. And the beauty is when you go ahead and click while well, you're there, go ahead and click add. And you're going to see a bunch of information that you add in here. And there'll be the subtitle and the category that you pick. And you'll see there's specific categories just for iHeart. So it's customized for the iHeart. And you'll see social media profile for your show. So you'll add that information. And there's publisher information. And then there is Hosts. And if you click Add Host, you can have up to 10 different hosts. So if your show has four or five different hosts, you can put in a picture for each of the hosts, the website for each of the hosts. So maybe you have a show that's a panel session on, let's say, iPhone. And you have four different iPhone bloggers that are doing this podcast together. Each one of them can have links to their own sites, to their own Facebook account, to their own Twitter account, to their own Google Plus account, and to their own Instagram account. And you can have, again, up to 10 hosts. So that is a really nice feature. And again, these are things you couldn't do if you were just taking your regular RSS feed and submitting it to iHeart, which you can't do anyway. But that's the beauty of destination stats. And on top of all of that, iHeart is pulling from your Lipsyn account each time there's a request. So they're, re- they're not rehosting the file. So you're the destinations you're going to get the full stats. You're going to see how many plays you really are getting through iHeartRadio. I'm really excited that that's been launched.
0: That's cool. All right. The next section is social. This is what we talked about earlier. The key
1: ones are Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can get those stats. We also support publishing to blogger, to Tumblr and to WordPress. So you can set it up to publish to your WordPress site. If you have a Tumblr site, you can publish there or publish to your blogger site. You can also publish to SoundCloud and now YouTube. Even if you have an audio file, we'll now convert that to video and publish it into YouTube. So no more having to convert your audio files to video on your own and upload to YouTube. We'll do that for you and it doesn't count against your storage.
0: Wow, that is really cool. So on the YouTube option, just since that's the newest thing and is kind of intriguing to me, when you add that and then you're going to publish there, does it take the cover art from your episode and make that your your overlay? Correct. Yeah, okay. So if you do the episode-specific cover art, that would be different for every episode then? Correct. And that's what I highly recommend you do.
1: Don't have episode artwork, then it'll just
0: take your show-level
1: artwork and you'll have the same image for everyone in YouTube. It doesn't look as good.
0: No, it doesn't. I've had clients who have actually paid me to do that for them in the past, and they would just do the same cover art on every one. And after a while, you know, people just get lost. And the beauty is, if you're already a Libsyn customer and you have
1: 100 episodes, you can have it bulk upload all your old episodes to YouTube.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So instant YouTube channel.
1: Yes, I used to manually convert my Today and iOS episodes to video and then upload to YouTube, and it was a pain. And at three in the morning, I really didn't want the extra hour of work. So ultimately I stopped doing it
0: and now set it up two minutes and I'm done and I don't have to worry about it anymore. That sounds great. Now let me ask you on each of these destinations that you set up, we saw earlier you can schedule each of them for the day and time that you want them to publish. Is there any kind of recurring sort of a function where you can have it publish today at two and today at seven? No, it's it's, it's only going to publish one time to each destination. Okay.
1: Yeah. we, We actually have it set up to only publish one time. Because what we found out early on was people were accidentally republishing over and over and over. <laughs> they were changing things and it was republishing. So that was actually a big complaint. So we set it up so it only published one time to those destinations.
0: That's understandable. And let me ask you about this as well. I should have asked you this when we were back on the, the description area of the the content for a particular episode. But if you set up this on publish to WordPress and you know certain short codes for plugins on your WordPress site, for example, a tweet this plugin or something like that. Can you put the short code before and after a sentence inside the Libsyn thing? And when it publishes to WordPress, it'll work right with the plugin? Or do you know? I believe it will, but I'm not 100% because I don't
1: publish to WordPress. So I'm not 100% sure. If you email support at Libsyn.com, if that's something you're trying to do, and it's not, it doesn't work, They'll let you know. You can try it and, and see what happens. Um, but that's yeah. One, yeah, unfortunately, that's one thing. I Again, I, my my experience with WordPress has not been a good one, so I've kind of gone kind of away from
0: it. Going back to publishing a libson website, hmm. are there functionalities like Tweet This and things like that that can be integrated on that web page?
1: Yeah, I mean, we all support different code in there, iframe and other things inside those posts. When you're doing that description, there's a place, the two little, you know, the, great, the less than, greater than sign, that you click that and you can actually get into the code of that post. You can place in the code for, you know, an iframe or something else like that.
0: Okay. So if you know how to do that kind of functionality with HTML or whatever. Right. You can add that in. Okay. That that makes total sense to me. All right. The only other thing I wanted to talk to you about today, Rob, since we've, we're have we going on an hour here a wow, while, um, is the monetization section.
1: Oh, we, we, we missed the most important. Stats. 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 stats, stats. Yeah. T- well, tell me about the stats. So now I went through the destinations. So one of the things we just rolled out, and I mentioned it briefly, but I'll mention again, is we now give you the ability to get stats on many of these destinations. So you can see how many people are playing, again, at Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you do Blogger, Tumblr, uh, WordPress, you can see how many people are playing at those different destinations that you've set up. You don't have to guess anymore about user agents. Where are those user agents' browsers coming from? you can actually know where they're coming from. So having destination stats, seeing how many people are playing on your iOS app versus your Android app versus your Windows Phone 8 app versus Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, it gives you just a greater level of understanding of your show, seeing it from your feed, how much how many plays you're getting on your feed. So again, this gives you a much better level of understanding of your show and where it's being consumed. People are stat junkies. I know that. I mean, if we'll pause stats every now and then for an hour, like two hours to do some update to code, and we'll get 20 support tickets come in and say, hey, my stats haven't updated in the last hour. What's going on?
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, you know. Funny or sad. Yeah. Uh, you yeah know, either it, way. Either yeah. Way.
1: But yeah. But people are stat addicts. And this is something that just gives you a level of understanding of your content. You're not going to get elsewhere.
0: Yeah. And it also gives you some data by which you can build your strategy. For promotion right. and things like that. so Or better yet, A-B testing. Yeah, exactly.
1: What's my real results? Not guessing, but really, what are my results? And, you know, uh, we want to tell you, A-B test this. And now you can actually see via this how, what the results were, and not guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're not getting any downloads to Twitter, for example, then you might want to take that out of your workflow just to save yourself some time. All right. And, and I see that it... Gives you show stats which are just a bulk overall level and then episode stats so you can drill into each episode then media stats how is that different than the other two that would be if
1: you have some extra media
0: files we did some
1: bonus content and things like that it'll, it'll get you down to just another layer I, I I'm, for the most part I just look at the episode level stats and of course if you have this is all if you have advanced stats for the destination stats but if you have the advanced stats as the advanced 400, megabyte plan or greater you'll get this level you also get geographic information and you'll still get user agent information so the user agent information is not going away this is again just in addition to what you already had so we're just giving you another level of statistics
0: All right, now on to the monetizing. You've got advertising and then premium MyLibsyn. So tell me what those two are. The two
1: main ways that we see people monetizing are one, through advertising. And you can work with us. We'll help bring you ads. So we work with Casper and Harry's and, and Warby Parker and others. Many campaigns are host read. You'll read the ad, and we'll set up the agreement with you. Some campaigns we have are via ad stitching. We also have ad stitching tools. So we'll stitch ads into your whole back catalog. And sometimes you get your own ads and you want to stitch them in. And you can work with us to have use our ad stitching tools to have, ads stitched into your back catalog. We'll charge you a fee for that if you're bringing the ads in on your own. If you're working with for for an ad campaign, we won't charge you for the ad stitching tools. So we have those abilities. Once you're accepted, there's a manage advertising slot. So you can pick up to 10 mid-roll slots for each episode. Plus, you already get a pre-roll and a post-roll slot. And then you can set up filters, whitelist or blacklist filters. So you can say, okay, put these ads only into these episodes or put these ads into any episodes but these. For example, that might be where you have an advertiser and you had an episode where you interviewed the CEO of their competitor. You know, maybe not the best to have a Ford commercial (laughs) when you're interviewing the the GM CEO and vice versa. Yeah,
0: makes total sense. Okay, and do you also have some say over what ads go on your show? Every ad campaign we run is what we call double
1: opt in. You say yes to the advertiser and they say yes to you. We don't ever want a show that's about Ford pickup trucks to have a Chevy ad and vice versa. You know, there, you know, or an iOS show like today in iOS. The last thing I would want is an ad from Samsung. My audience would shoot me. You know, I would not be able to go out in public. So we understand that, you know, best of the left doesn't want an ad campaign from Donald Trump. So that's going to totally. be even more relevant this year. It, it, and, and you know what? Donald Trump doesn't want to be on best of the left. It's not good for you. It's not good for the advertiser. That's why we do double opt-in. Make sure everybody's in agreement that this is going to work.
0: Okay, and then the other option under monetizing was my MyLibsyn. Tell me about that. My MyLibsyn is where
1: we set up your own private little Netflix for your show. You get a smartphone app, iOS, Android. And you pick which content you want to be available for free and which content people have to pay a subscription model, a recurring subscription model, to get access to. Mark Marin, when he was doing this was us, 43,000 paid subscribers for his premium content. Oh, my goodness. Adam Corolla does it with us, Aisha Tyler, um, Ben Greenfield, Craftlit. Mm-hmm. This isn't an RSS feed that's a protected RSS feed with a password. Because you know what? That just went right over 99% of your audience's head. This is a smartphone app. If they can do Netflix, they can use our iLibsyn subscription service. It's the same basic model. A smartphone app, iOS, Android, and a username and a password. So they might listen to you on their iPhone, to and from work, on a web page at work, and on an Android tablet, or more likely an iPad, and then an Android phone. The point is, you can go across multiple devices with a username and password across multiple platforms, And people don't have to know anything at all about RSS feeds. It's all app-based, and this is an app world, and it's really easy for the end users to get the premium content. And when you make it easier for them to get the premium content, they consume the premium content, and that means they keep paying you month after month after month.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. That is super cool. And, you know, most podcasters that I know of are thinking in terms of audio, but this kind of thing can also be used for video, correct? Yes, And Ben Greenfield does that. He'll do some video.
1: And, you know, some people will do Patreon and other things like that or, or PayPal donate button. The reality is Patreon and PayPal are going hat in hand to your audience. And not everybody's comfortable going out and saying, Hey, please throw some coins in the, in the hat. Not everybody is comfortable with that. Some people get offended with that analogy, but that's the reality. If you're doing Patreon or you're doing um, a, a PayPal link, you are begging your audience for a donation. Whereas if you're doing a premium upsell, you are selling a value to your listeners and you're giving them an app that makes it convenient and your audience wants to donate to you anyway. Some of them are going to do it just because they're donating rather than you're adding value, but others will do it because, Hey, they want to. And you know, Mark Marin was 10% of his audience at that point in time was donating or paying for the subscription. And the reality is it's a zombie subscription. When people sign up, they tend not to cancel. I remember I once paid 18 months for Hulu Plus, never used it, didn't have it canceled till my credit card was stolen. People are lazy. <laughs> so you get them to sign up. And, and that's a better way to do things too, is get them to sign up once. Don't try to get people to sign
0: up over and over and over again. Yeah, makes total sense. I've heard someone refer to that as forgettable fees, you know, yes. making it an amount at a pain point threshold where it's not so painful to have to pay it every month. And you know, your audience wants to do it too. Yeah, yeah. It's a certain percent of your audience.
1: And you don't feel bad about saying, hey, go sign up for my premium subscription. You're going to get this bonus episode. You know, Ben will do some episodes that are bonus only audio, bonus only video. He'll do some app only episodes to drive people to the app. And then they get to the app. And here's the beauty of it. You drive people to your app for some bonus only content that's free on the app. And then they see this list of content that they're not getting because it has a little lock symbol on it. And they realize what they're missing out on. So you can you know set it up where the last 25 episodes are free, but then certain of those episodes you'll release are locked down forever. And by paying the premium, they unlock all your episodes and the older ones and then access to some new premium-only episodes. So we have a lot of flexibility in there, what you can do. And the premium content can be audio, video, or PDFs. We have a couple of users that will do transcripts of their episodes as the bonus content. And that's what you get when you sign up as
0: premium. You get a PDF of the transcript. That's cool. And, you know, my brain as an entrepreneur is just spinning here. I'm curious, do you know if you have any subscribers who use the MyLibsyn premium content aspect of it to run, I guess, an app-based version of a membership site? It sounds to me like. Yes, that's
1: exactly what it is. And we have people that had a membership site that gave up on that came over to our MyLibson and and tripled their users because it was easier for them to get the content, consume the content, and see that there was bonus content in the app. So you might have a membership site right now and it's limited and you're getting half a percent of your free audience is signed up through your membership site. It can be a lot better than that. It should be a lot better than that. It should be in the four or 5%. So if you have a membership site and you're down in that half a percent, you're not doing it right. You're not making it easy for your audience. This allows you to do it easier for them to get the content. And that's what it's all about, making it easy for them to consume the premium content.
0: Yeah. And does the app for this My Libsyn section have a community section to it where they can interact with each other and messages can be posted and that kind of thing? It does not. It does not have that. That's the only part I see that would be different than an online community, but, but it's minor. Wow. That's a really cool thing. And what's the price point on the MyLibsum Premium?
1: We just do a rev share with you. There's no upfront fees. There's no setup fees. You get an app and, and all of this built for you with no out of pocket. Okay. You just so, need to have a, You just need to have the twenty dollar a month account with us.
0: Yeah. So you get fifty percent. The podcaster gets fifty percent. Right.
1: But the only fee for you is ninety nine a year to Apple for the developer account and twenty five dollars to Google.
0: Okay, so hundred and twenty-five bucks plus your twenty dollars normal hosting. That's not bad. Well, Rob, I totally appreciate your time today. Hall of Fame podcaster who's here on my show. I feel very honored and that you've taken so much time. It's it's great. Anything last words, things you want to ask of my audience? No, I'd like to
1: say, Harry, thank you for having me on the show. And if your audience has any questions. Email me, rob at libsen.com. More than happy to answer any questions they have. Go to podcast411.com or Today in iOS. Get the app. You can look at that. But go to podcast411. You can see what our site looks like and you can see the tools. And I completely redid podcast411 to be on the Libsyn system and, and show you what is possible.
0: That's really cool. And if you're interested in hearing more about Libsyn as things come out, they also have a great podcast called The Feed. Rob, where can we find that? go to thefeed.lipson.com.
1: So thefeed.lipson.com, that's the best place to go. And we release that every other week. And now Podcast 411 is gonna be the other week. So one week is the feed, the next week will be an episode of Podcast 411. So I'm gonna alternate back and forth on that. But yeah, Elsie's the co-host and producer of that show and she does a great job putting it all together. And I'm just kind of just show up and get to talk.
0: (laughs) So I love that podcast. Yeah, that's the way to do it. All right, Rob, thanks so much for your time. Carrie, thank you so much for having me on the show. You bet. Hello? So, wow, did you realize that Libsyn has so many features and so many great things you could do? I mean, that podcast app, oh my goodness, my wheels are turning. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to reach out to Rob and the Libsyn team if you have any questions, or you can email me, Carrie, at podcastfasttrack.com. I appreciate you listening to Podcastification. If you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review, I would totally love that. You can go to podcastfasttrack.com slash review and leave that rating and review. And until next time, have a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at PodcastFastTrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day.
1: I, I equate it this way. It's like the DeLorean in Back to the Future. You can set it either way. forward or. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love Back to the Future, so that's a good illustration for me. But they know what a free app is. Sorry, that's where editing comes in. Someone's blowing up my phone. I think Android tablets. Nobody uses Android tablets. And if your show has more than 10 hosts, you're doing something wrong.